Okay. So this one is going to be quick. Um, for context, I didn't get to watch and listen to the Ravens-Chiefs game um, on Sunday. I was at the airport, so I got to watch it, and I listened to it and l- watched the highlights later on when I got home. So not the same thing as being able to watch it in real time and listen to the comments that the announcers make. Um, so different kind of perspective. But I I saw on Twitter um, people's reaction to Tony Romo and some of the things he said, whatever, his reaction to things, yada, yada, yada. And I texted some people, do you like Tony Romo? And I got some mixed reactions. People like him, people don't like him. And I get that. We all have our announcers, uh, the duos that we like and we don't like. And, for example, my two favorites are Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit. I think anyone who knows me would, would probably guess that. I've loved Herbstreit for a very long time. Um, well, him being a, a Penn State guy at heart, I think. Uh, Chris Fowler, you know, even when he was on game day, now in the booth, obviously. You know, those two are my favorites. But even those guys... You know, Herbstreit, cause just because he's the one reacting to it, really. You know, sometimes you, you come away, you're like, what did he just say? And I'm sure there's times when they go to break, you know, in the commercial, they're like, wait, what did we just say? Or what just happened? And the, the thing about it is, like, this is a live reaction to one of the most unpredictable sports out there. <clears throat> if not the most unpredictable. There's 22 guys on the field at a time. Something is going to happen that's just utterly ridiculous that you just can't predict. And they're reacting to it like we are. How many times have you been watching a game and something happens and you react to it, whether you're watching it with friends or not, you react to it and you say something out loud or whatever and then the announcers say something very similar or say the exact same thing. They're like they're just two dudes watching a game from the booth and calling it as they see it, which is literally what everybody else does. I do that in my basement on my couch with the boys, solo, whatever, all the time. My almost five-year-old son does it my wife does it my almost seven-year-old daughter does it we all do it but those guys have live mics and are doing it in front of millions and millions of people every week for 16 17 18 however many weeks of the year and i believe romo and nance are going to be doing the super bowl so we get one more one more round of it. And Greg Olson does it too. But I think Greg Olson gets the benefit of the doubt because he's so new. And word on the street is that he's gone after, you know, after this season and Brady's gonna take his place. That's a, a bridge that we'll cross when we get there. But people, you know, people have the reaction about Greg Olson. But they're him and Romo, specifically talking about those two. And then primarily Tony Romo, because he was the focal point of it. They're just football nerds at heart, guys. And they're reacting like the rest of the football nerds that are watching the game. They're not casual fans. Especially Romo. I mean, Greg Olson played the game at a very high level. Very great player. He was a tight end. Tony Romo is a quarterback. It's totally 
different how those two guys watch the game. And I'd like to think that my football knowledge is better than the average average fan. Been around it my whole life. Played it in high school. My, you know, obviously Jay Hill being around him and just being in a football house and watching it as closely as I do and the way I watch it. I'd like to think that my knowledge of football is is more than the average average fan. But the way those guys watch the game, specifically Romo, he's a former quarterback. I, sure, he's removed from the game for a lot of years, right? And the game is totally different from when he played than it is now. But his football IQ is still top-notch. Greg Olson's the same way. And those guys get extremely, extremely excited when, you know, George Kittle made an incredible play. And Greg Olson, you know, was just chomping at the bit to, to give his give his breakdown. Romo, when, when, when someone makes a throw, and yes, he gets very excited when guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson make incredible throws because they are the elite of the elite. And that's what I expect him to do. And that's what I should that's what everyone should expect him to do. He gets very excited about it. And rightfully so. We all do. Tony Romo is reacting the same way we are. It's just the next words that come out of his mouth are very intellectual because he tries to break it down on a on a a very intellectual, high level football, you know, football manner, but also throwing in the the common folk, the average fan who's watching the game. He tries to do both at the same time. He's got to do both at the same time. He can't comment on a play for 10 seconds because that's all he gets is 10 seconds because the next play is about to happen. He can't comment on a play for 10 seconds as the you know expert, but then the next 10 seconds give a breakdown for the basic fan. He can't do that. He's got to do both at the same time. Do people understand how hard that is? Because I, I, I don't think anyone does, and the way people the way people want this to happen is they want a scripted reaction for an unscripted action. They want Nance and Romo to have things already just ready to go, like they're reading a teleprompter when you know Mahomes scrambles out and finds Kelsey twenty five yards down the field for an incredible throw, whatever. Right? They want them to, like, just, yes, Romo probably knows what's coming next on certain plays, as, as we've all seen, which I'm totally fine with doing because that's freaking incredible. I love hearing that type of shit. Maybe I'm in a minority on that, but I fucking love that type of shit. People want him to have a scripted reaction to that kind of stuff. And it's like, that's just, that's just fucking stupid. And if, if your, if your issue, is with the announcers, that's your problem. That's not their problem. That's your problem for putting too much stock into how those guys comment and, and say things about the play that just happened. Like, it's it's a live thing, and they don't get much time. Like, you try it. You Like, these people who are watching the game complaining about it, go try and do it in front of tens of millions of people. And see, uh, see what happens. See how nervous you get. See how much you sweat. Like, it's why are you complaining? And also, this very, very, very simple way to just not deal with it. 
there's a button on your remote that says mute. If you press it, the voices go away. Or you can turn it down a little bit and just have the sound hovering at a very small level so you can barely hear it, but there is some background noise. That's kind of what I do sometimes. I, I can easily tune those guys out. I don't need to listen to those guys because I'm not watching the game for their like for the purpose of listening to them. I'm watching the game so I can watch the game. Like the announcers are just just there, basically. I can easily watch the game and mute. Easily. I've done it. I do it multiple times for basketball, for, for, for football. I do it all the time. If I'm watching the game by myself, yes. Even I'm, even if I'm watching the game with the boys sometimes, we'll have the game on very low volume. It, I, I don't know why people complain about this so much. Like they're like they're saying shit in real time. They're saying the same shit that we're saying in our basement all the time. And again, people want a scripted reaction to an unscripted action. And it's like that's just impossible that to, to do. Impossible. It doesn't matter if you know what's coming next. It's just that that that, that doesn't even make sense. And again, if your problem is with the announcers, that's that's all on you. That's not on them. That's all on you for putting way too much stock into that. Just ignore it. You don't need the announcers. I appreciate them for what they do because I know how hard that is to do. I'm sure that everyone who listens to, to the Quick Slants or listen, has listened to anything that I've ever had to say, I can guarantee after every single podcast, there's a bit of a podcast that people will be like, what? What, what did he just say? That happens every single time. I get I get comments on, on stuff that I say all the time. Never fails. But I, like, I'm saying this, all of this, in real time. Sure, I've had some time to watch highlights, look over, you know, stats or whatever. But this is all, like, this is all coming out of my head in real time, for the most part. Right? Like, that's what that's the same thing that they're doing they're saying all of it in real time just like the rest of us are when we're watching the game there's no difference they just have a live mic in front of tens of millions of people and if you don't like it then don't listen it's very simple stop bitching about it like they're not gonna do anything it's not gonna change they're not gonna see you know frank frank on twitter say hey romo sucks CBS is going to be like, yeah, you know what? Frank's right. We should get rid of Romo. They're not, they're not going to do that. So if you, don't like, if you don't like the announcers, then don't fucking listen to them. Don't listen. It's very simple. Press mute, turn the volume down a little bit, and, and, and go, about, go about it. There's no need to bitch about it. God, that's irritating. The second thing I wanted to talk about is Lamar Jackson. The game was not all on Lamar Jackson, but a large part of it should be because I understand, actually I don't, but I'm going to say it like this. I understand why people were picking the Ravens. Home field, although in football, I don't really know how much, in the NFL, I don't know how much that really matters. They had the home field. They had a remarkable season. Lamar Jackson, league MVP, one of the best defenses in the league. You know, yes, great team. All that. I get it. Chiefs had a below average season in terms of 
what we've seen versus what we expect, right? <clears throat> but at the same time, I don't understand why people were picking the Ravens. Because as long as as long as the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, as long as they have Patrick Mahomes, there is not a team in the league that you should pick against them. Like I, there's nothing that would make me pick against them in the Super Bowl coming up. I don't care if it was the Lions. Doesn't matter if it's the 49ers. I don't care. There's just there's nothing you can tell me that would make me pick against Patrick Mahomes. And also, newsflash, based on what we've seen Lamar Jackson do in the playoffs when it matters most, there's nothing that would have made me pick, pick him. Like, maybe if they were playing the Bills, I would have some slight hesitation to pick them, but I still wouldn't have picked them based on what I've seen him doing. And there's there's a, an age-old saying from the great philosopher Ric Flair that said, to be the man... You have to beat the man. And Lamar had his opportunity. They gave him the weapons. They had a great run game. Great defense. And they blew it. They blew it. They had their chances. The defense held them in the second half as 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 great as you could do. The eight in, Even with the turnovers the Ravens had, the Chiefs couldn't do shit in the second half. And the thing about it, the, like quarterbacks, and I say this all the time. I've seen quarterbacks throw for four touchdowns and lose games. There's there's those those three to five throws a game, and they don't all have to result in touchdowns. But there's those three to five throws a game that, as a quarterback, they need to make. Whether it's a you know a third and ten, they need to convert on that third down, or that throw that. Patrick Mahomes made at the end of the game to Valdez Scantley to seal the win. There, like there's, and he made some of the throws early in the game as well to Kelsey or to whoever it might have been. Mahomes made those three to five throws. Lamar Jackson did not, and that's the difference. The play calling. I'm just specifically talking about the quarterbacks. The play calling for the Ravens was complete dog shit. They they for some reason they went they went away from the run game. They went away from Getting out, getting Lamar Jackson out in space, and having him do what he does best, and that's create on his own and take off and run. Sometimes they did it in the first couple of drives, and they just went away from it. And I don't know where the, you know, where the disconnect was. But if you're Lamar Jackson, also you can't let that happen. Like you can't let that happen. You need to basically take over the game. But part of that is also making the right throws and making the big time throws and he didn't do that the Isaiah likely pass man that's triple coverage and if you're banking on if you're banking on the refs to call pass interference which it seemed like they were and sure there you could have called that easily that's that like no you can't do that either you can't bank on them you, you can't do that you can't throw that pass either like you just you can't do that. I'm not sure what Isaiah likely was thinking, throwing his hands up in the air. Even if Lamar throws an absolute perfect pass and throws an absolute dime, it's triple coverage. Like you're not Calvin Johnson, you're not Larry Fitzgerald, you're not going up to get that Isaiah likely. I get it. I appreciate the confidence, but Lamar, you can't you can't throw that pass. 
given the situation, you just you can't throw that pass. And again, it's the it's those three to five throws a game that you need to make to keep drives going, to make things happen, to keep putting your team in a position to win the game, to to you know get first downs and do whatever you need to do. Patrick Mahomes did it, and Lamar Jackson did not. And until proven otherwise, like you like I, I don't know why people are picking against the Chiefs. Like I don't care how good the Niners defense is. I don't care about any of that. You know who else had a great defense? The Ravens. And you know who I'm not gonna say terrorized them, but you know who did his thing against the Ravens? Patrick Mahomes. You know who's the best quarterback in the league? Patrick Mahomes. You know who's the best player in the league and probably the one who impacts the game the most because of what he can do and the the way he can make those throws to win the game, to seal the game, to keep the team moving? Patrick Mahomes. There's not another quarterback in the league that can do that. Mahomes has been doing it for six straight seasons. Four Super Bowl appearances now. Going for number three, and they're going to get it, Right? Like, they're going to win the Super Bowl. And he's going to have three. Because he is the elite of the elite. He is, it's it's the gap between Patrick Mahomes and the next best quarterback, whoever you think it is, is sizable. It's like when LeBron had a stranglehold on the league and the gap between him and whoever you thought the second best player was. The gap was way bigger. And right now, still, the gap is way bigger. It's almost growing every single season. There's always a, a, a team that comes along, whether it's the Bills, the Dolphins, the Ravens, whoever, and they got the hot quarterback, got the league MVP, or the one who's putting up crazy numbers, and it's like, oh, this might be the year. Wrong. Doesn't happen. You know why? Because Patrick Mahomes is still the quarterback of the Chiefs. As long as number 15 is still there, like, there there's there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. There's not a team in the league that can beat them. And until proven otherwise, I'm not sure why anyone outside of the the 49ers fan base, I'm not sure why anyone would pick against them. Brock Purdy, are you fucking kidding me? People are going to pick Brock Purdy to make more plays, to make those three to five throws? People are going to pick Brock Purdy to do that over Patrick Mahomes? Are you kidding me? If Lamar Jackson couldn't do it, you really think Brock Purdy is going to do it? You're, you are out of your mind. You are out of your mind if you're picking the if you're picking the Niners and Brock Purdy to lead them to a Super Bowl over the Chiefs. There's there's just there's no way. Look, and I don't want to say that the Niners have no chance because as another age-old saying, offense wins games, defense wins championships. Mm, yeah, sure. But Patrick Mahomes has, has proven kind of otherwise. And I'm not going to sit here and say that the, the Niners have no chance, but they have no chance. You know why? Because Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. And he has, I haven't even mentioned Travis Kelsey. And he's arguably the biggest X factor in this entire game. And he had 11 targets, 11 catches. I'm not sure what the Ravens were doing. I don't think it really mattered. They could have adjusted to it, but they, you know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. It didn't seem like it because Kelsey was open all the time. And Mahomes was throwing dimes to him all day. 
And again, like it's the same like when, when Brady was doing his thing. There were times when they didn't have when they didn't have great regular seasons. But it doesn't matter because they had Tom Brady. And yes, Belichick did his thing as a coach. Yes, Andy Reid is doing his thing as a coach for the Chiefs. Yes, they had great weapons at tight end and Gronk and Kelsey. They had the guys at receiver that they needed to make plays. But it, it was it was it was all Brady doing what he needed to do, putting the ball where he needed to put it at. And Mahomes is doing the exact same thing. So, like, I'm not, I don't care what the analytics say. I don't care what the stats say. I don't care what the numbers are. I don't care about the underdog story with Brock Purdy. I don't care what their defense is. I, I don't care. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. This year, I'm going to pick him next year. Probably can pick him the year after that, too. I can probably can pick him the year after that. Until proven otherwise, it's it's this happens all the time when there's when there's this run and you have these teams that are coming along and you have that one player. It's like LeBron. It's 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 like LeBron. It's like it's like the Pats when they had Brady and they were doing their thing. It's the same thing until proven otherwise. And yes, they didn't always win the win a title. They didn't always win. They didn't always get there. But it's like until proven otherwise on a consistent basis, on, on a consistent basis like people were like oh joe burrow the Bengals. oh shit they're they're the hot team now they got to the super bowl over the chiefs i mean there you go there it is wrong again on a consistent basis year after year to be the man you got to beat the man and the ravens had their chance this is the season everyone thought nope wrong try again next year and another team will try again next year Bills, Dolphins, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As long as number 15 is still in Kansas City, like, good luck. Good luck. I'll give, I don't have a score prediction for the Super Bowl yet, but I think it might be a little bit high scoring. Um, we'll get to that. Okay. This was a super random quick slants. Um, I, I kind of dove into it a little bit more than I, than I wanted to, but nonetheless, quick one for you guys during the week. A little breakup, under 30 minutes, get you in and out, just like the quick sense are. Um, we'll have more uh, Penn State stuff. There is some news on the horizon, potentially. Um, hopefully, likely, in the in the coming weeks and coming months. So keep that in mind, that there is news on the horizon via, via Penn State football. So I will be back closer to the Super Bowl to talk about that, the breakdown, the matchup, all that kind of good stuff, X-Factors, prediction, whatnot. Um me and Christian will be doing the um, the We Got Next podcast this week. We'll have more about the Super Bowl. Quick, you know, quick little snippet about that, and then next week, obviously, we'll dive into it more as it is Super Bowl week and give our prediction on that as well. But I'll jump back on the quick slants to do that also next week for you guys. So, as I always say, I appreciate the support. Appreciate appreciate you guys listening. Always remember, even though this wasn't a Penn State episode, always remember we are.